You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, a.k.a. Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. Just a couple things real quick. If you sent in an instrumental for the podcast, we're going to be getting to one each week. We got several in, so it may be a few weeks before you hear yours, but they're definitely in queue and are definitely going to be played. So we appreciate that. To anybody who wants to actually send in an instrumental, what you need to do is head over to iTunes and leave a review as well as rate the podcast. And once you do that, Email us at creativemasterspodcast at gmail.com. Once you do that, send one instrumental, and then we'll put that in the queue for a future episode, and we'll also link to you guys in the show notes so that people who listen to the instrumental, if they're looking for beats or whatever, they can hit you up directly through your social media channels. This week, we have a very special guest. He's from Detroit, Michigan, but he's based out of Portland, Oregon now. He goes by the name of 6B Artwork Online, illustrator Brandon Bottleman. He has some really dope work. I ran across him on Instagram. We kind of followed each other. And then I asked him to actually come on to the podcast and he was gracious enough to do so. So in this episode, we talk about a lot of cool stuff. We talk about how his illustration of Ron Swanson actually landed him jobs at Adidas and Reebok. That piece literally like single-handedly got me the jobs at Reebok and Adidas like in my portfolio. Mm-hmm. It was like that portrait where like I would show that and instantly the people I was interviewing with would start cracking up. We also talk about being a creative in the corporate world and how you have to collaborate with different teams to meet the team's objectives. They have their point of view and you have your point of view. And it's really, it's like anything else when you're collaborating with people, it's it's gonna be a compromise. We also talk about his inspirations and a tweet from Kanye West that really resonated with him creatively. He said something like, please, please do everything that you possibly can in one lifetime, or like make everything that you possibly can. And I was like, yes, dude. We get into that and so much more. He's also a musician, so we talk about his take on sampling and how some of his musical inspirations actually inspires his artwork. But without further delay, here's episode four of the Creative Masters podcast with Brandon Bottleman, AKA 6B Artwork. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, aka Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. I got a really dope guest today. Um, I follow this guy online on Instagram probably two or three months ago. His artwork, his illustrations, everything really stuck out to me. And then we just kind of connected from there and been following each other. Um, he's from Detroit, currently residing in Portland. He goes by the name of 6B Artwork Online, Brandon Bottleman. What's going on, my dude? What's up, Reggie? How are you, man? Doing good, doing good. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for coming on to the podcast and everything. Just wanted to chop it up with you a little bit about, you know, creativity, your background and, and your hustle and everything. Absolutely. Like that. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So why don't you give us like a quick a quick introduction to yourself and then we'll kinda of go from there. Sure. So uh yeah, my name is Brandon. Um originally from Detroit, Michigan. I grew up there uh since I was born and went to college for creative studies right downtown. Uh, I studied illustration there. And dabbled a little bit in graphic design, um, just sort of self-directed in that. And then, uh, yeah, I worked, uh, started working there designing T-shirts for a company called Ink Addict. Uh, that was sort of my first uh, foray into professional designing. Uh, super dope company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a tattoo lifestyle brand, so kind of started there designing T-shirts. Um, and then, yeah, I've, I've worked for some really incredible companies since then, feel very thankful to have had a lot of a lot of good opportunities uh sort of in the design world so far that's dope man that's really dope so uh i guess let's kind of start at the beginning how did you get started in um illustration where you like did you always like draw when you were younger was it just something you kind of stumbled upon later on how, how did that go down yeah it's uh it's absolutely something that i've that i've always you know been passionate about and and sort of done as a hobby um i was always like the friend that could draw mm-hmm. as a kid growing up um, you know, all, all my friends would, would come to me and ask me to, you know, draw different like skateboard logos and shit for them on their notebooks and stuff like that. So it's, it's always something that I've been into. 
Um, and then around high school, uh, that was when it really sort of clicked as like, a, oh, this is kind of something that I could, you know, actually pursue, you know, more than just like, oh, I like drawing pictures. You know, it, it, I had a really, really great uh, teacher in high school, Mr. Acker, who uh, was totally influential to me and really encouraged me to pursue you know, art as, as a career and really opened up my eyes to the, to the potential of that, you know, of, of working a creative job. Um, so by the time that I was a senior in high school, I, I was taking all, all six of my classes pretty much were art classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was something that I, I definitely knew that I wanted to pursue and really couldn't, couldn't see myself doing anything else, you know, for the rest of my life. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a decision that was, you know, it almost didn't even feel like a decision. It was kind of the only thing that I ever really cared about. So it, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty natural to, to pursue art. That's dope. Yeah. I was kind of saying, I used to draw and stuff and, um, I always wanted to be actually like a computer animator, especially I guess like when mm. Toy Story and all that came out back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, like went, went to high school when I was in high school, taking all the art classes and stuff. And then I just kind of got sidetracked when I kind of discovered music. So you know, that's what mm-hmm. really drew me to your art, because I can kind of tell that you've been doing it for a long time, especially like even with the typography, like I love typography and I'll go through, sure. you know, different blogs and stuff and just like marvel at it and the hand drawn stuff mm-hmm. is amazing. So it's, it's really dope to see somebody who's like, you know, did it for a long time is actually focusing on like using a pen and, and some paper, you know, because everything's so computer based these days. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something that that I've realized sort of just through experimentation. You know, I definitely see the value and the effectiveness of using a computer and i do it you know every day professionally and even in my own work Mm -hmm. but um i've tried kind of going just digitally and there was something that was just didn't it didn't it didn't spark that kind of same excitement that actually drawing on paper did for me so i've sort of trying to been you know finding a way to create a dialogue between you know, pen and paper and the computer and coming up with a, with a way that really kind of blends those two together. Um, you know, coming up with a, with a workflow that, that lets me utilize the effectiveness of a computer, but still kind of get out that, that fun of actually like drawing on paper. Yeah, for sure. It's always good to, to kind of do stuff with your hands, you know, it kind of takes away from it, from the mouse and everything, even like making music, just, you know, exactly. Yes. And even, even in making music too, the last, uh, the last probably six months or so, I've I've been drawn more towards like the analog side of of things as far as like synthesizers and stuff go. Mm-hmm. Just getting sort of away from the computer and looking at screens and scrolling through menus and you know it's it's great because there's you know infinite tweakability when you're working on the computer. You know you can model any synth that you want. You know, but it's almost like because it's limitless it's it's a little bit stifling you know because you can make anything you're almost like like restricted by that freedom you know it's it's kind of nicer to have some you know work on analog gear where there's a little bit more restrictions and it kind of inspires a little bit more like problem solving you know in in your work yeah definitely it could definitely bring out um some more creativity as well because you have to mm-hmm. basically be resourceful and use what you have at hand instead of you know when you're on a computer you just get on the internet and pull any pretty much any resource and exactly so yeah 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 exactly that's really dope and uh, i guess while we're on the subject of music I, i've seen that you, um, sure. you have a pretty nice music setup and everything using the machine and all Thank that you. kind of stuff so mm-hmm. um what's what's kind of been your influence the music what kind of influence has music had on your life i should say uh, it's always it's always been huge. Um, I guess going back to high school, in addition to art, the other thing that I really uh, pursued passionately was music. Um, I always have been into writing, uh, you know, lyrics and poetry and, and everything like that. And uh, one of my buddies in high school got me to start playing bass. And we started a band and sort of kept that going all through high school and college. And we toured a bit and, you know, had had a lot of fun with it. And and that was really, you know, that was really important to me. And so that was when I realized that making music was something that I really loved to do. Um, and really since kind of moving away from Detroit has gotten me to pursue production more. Um just f- for the fact that I don't have a band anymore, <laughs> you know, I don't, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not with my high school buddies anymore. So it's like, okay, now I'm on my own. Uh, 
let's try to make music as a one-man band, and that just kind of lends itself more to production. Um, as well as I've always been a huge fan of, of hip-hop and of instrumental music in general, mm-hmm. um, especially sampling just the whole um, the whole idea of, of chopping something up and repurposing it and, you know, making something mm-hmm. out of something else has always, has always been super inspiring to me. But, um, but yeah, no, music has definitely been something that, that I've always cared about and has influenced my work, you know, as far as subject matter and everything like that goes a lot of times, uh, you know, even the words that I'm drawing will that I originally started doing, uh, typography studies, just, I had this little notebook that I would just do like my favorite lyrics to different songs. Mm -hmm. And so they've always music and, and design have always been so like closely related to me. Yeah, that's really dope because that's actually exactly what I was going to ask you next. It's like, what kind of um, influence does the music have like on your illustration? Because I've, you know, just scrolling your Instagram and your site, I see, mm-hmm. you know, Kanye and Andre and mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar and all these kind of people. So, mm-hmm. really dope pieces. So, it seems like, you. you know, the music has had a pretty big influence on like what you do illustration wise as well. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it, I, I think it just ties back to music is, is something that really inspires me and something that I connect with on, on a very, you know, personal level. And so when I go to create from that personal place, it's, it's the music that I'm, that I'm drawn from, you know, that's like Mm -hmm. the first thing that I find, you know, if I look, if I look inside and think about like what I actually care about and what really inspires me, it's, you know, it's music. And so, um, so when I go to, when I go to draw, it's just kind of like naturally like, Oh, it's time for this stuff to come out, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and, um, do you feel that like working, in different mediums, like, you know, making music yourself or listening to music or, you know, mm-hmm. doing all these different things help you helps you to be more creative on an illustration and, and design side? Yes. Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. It's I, I feel incredibly uh, lucky to be interested in multiple creative areas and to be able to get out ideas throughout all these different channels, because um, especially now, you know, working professionally and working a regular like you know spending 40 plus hours a week designing Mm -hmm. it's really nice to come home and have this alternate output where i'm still getting out emotion and getting out creativity and ideas and and doing all the things that drawing normally does for me without having to come home and draw for another you know five hours on top of you know what i just put in at work um so it's definitely nice to have it's like two sides of the same coin you know Mm -hmm. um but it definitely helps prevent burnout a lot you know i i don't know you know if i would be able to just come home and and keep drawing after you know a crazy week of of designing you know at work um so yeah it's it's great to be able to uh to have that like alternate output and still channel a lot of the same feelings you know yeah for sure i'm kind of the same way like i shoot photos and stuff all day and it's like when i get mm-hmm. home you know i want to make some music and if it's not making music i go kind of shoot my own stuff and just kind of helps me to stay fresh yeah. and look at things a little differently and, and stay inspired so you know, yeah I, I yeah absolutely as well um so mm-hmm. t- tell us a little bit of, um to kind of backtrack on to the music and the music production you said when you moved sure. you kind of got a little bit more into production um yeah from like playing in a band and playing bass so was that mm-hmm. like the was the influence for that kind of just like the music you were listening to and, and all that kind of stuff or how did that come about? Yeah. So I've, I mean, like I said, I've always been into, uh, into hip hop and always have really like admired it. And in high school I would mess around and like try making beats and stuff in logic, just super rudimentary, just to, you know, even try and see if I could emulate some of the stuff, um, that I was listening to. And then when actually, it was two summers ago I moved out to uh, to Boston to work uh, designing T-shirts at Reebok for an internship. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of my first time anywhere out, like totally on my own away from, you know, anyone that I knew. Mm-hmm. And so that was when I really, uh, I had just gotten machine right before I moved out there. And it just sort of worked that it was this instrument that I could produce an entire band's worth of sounds you know, by myself in my room. So it, it like, it lended itself to, it was exactly what I needed moving out there. Um, so that was, that was sort of the first time that I really like decided like, okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to keep making music, even though it's not with a band, I'm going to see if I can, you know, recreate some of those feelings just, just by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to that point too, that was also when, I mean, I, 
was inspired by you know Kanye and Mad Lib and Jay Dilla and all these all these producers that would sample and make beats from music that they grew up listening to. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of the natural thing for anybody to do when they go to start creating in a new medium is to try and emulate the people that got them into that medium. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so I would, you know, go through and, and listen to the soul records and the funk records and everything like that and try to try to chop those up and basically, you know, make rip-off beats of, of old Kanye and Dilla and everything like that. And... It was it was great as kind of exercises in like getting familiar with with you know how this sort of art form works, but it wasn't anything that I was connecting with on like a really personal level because mm-hmm. I didn't grow up listening to soul and funk and I didn't have that same that same sort of connection that they had with the records that they were sampling. You know, they were sampling them for a purpose. I was sampling them because they sampled them. Yeah, for if sure. that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Um, and so then I decided like okay well what if I take that same approach and sample the records that I grew up listening to or that I currently listen to and that I feel, you know, that I feel an actual emotional connection to beyond just like, oh, this sounds nice, this sounds like hip Um And so then I started looking through, you know, a bunch of music that I listened to. And, and when I played in a band, it was, it was sort of, uh, you know, punk rock, pop punk, indie, alternative music, you know, um, which really isn't tied with hip hop in that many ways. You know, I mean, punk rock and hip hop kind of are, but for the most part, they're, they're pretty separate genres. Um, and so I was, I was really interested by the idea of creating music that had the same sort of like resourcefulness and, and creativity that Dilla's music did, but drawing from things that, that I connected with, you know, on a personal level. Um, and so that idea kind of started when I was in Boston, and I really just never had the time to to flesh it out and and really bring it to life. But over the last month, I've I've been just super inspired to do it, and have really, uh, you know, decided to set aside some time and really try and try and explore this idea. Yeah, for sure. Like everything I've seen so far is dope. I've, I've seen you kind of been posting a couple of videos and uh, mm-hmm. some shots of, of your setup and everything. So you, mm-hmm. kind of, you kind of brought up a good point that I that I want to touch on because you know, sure. Basically, kind of like I said, the purpose of this podcast is just like people who are trying to make a career out of their creativity and things like that, just sharing people's stories around that. So how important? Yeah. How important do you think it is to have an emotional connection to what you're creating? I think that for any sort of long-term sustainability that it's, it's essential. It's not even, you know, it's, it's, it's really, you can, like I said, like you can, you can emulate and that is, there's absolutely a need to do that. Mm -hmm. I think to familiarize yourself when you're learning a new medium, um, that if you try to just jump into something unknown and simultaneously make your own lane and do your own thing and, and find your own voice in it, that it can be a little bit overwhelming. So I think that that emulation is necessary to sort of familiar, familiarize yourself mm-hmm. uh, with whatever it is that you're doing. And and I think it's just like a natural feeling like, oh, I like this. I want to make something like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then I think for any sort of like, for any sort of sustainability, like it's, it's not, you know, you're not going to be able to just emulate people for forever, you know, like, at, at least me personally, I wouldn't even want to do that, you know, like, mm-hmm. you're, uh, you're going to naturally want to find your own voice. And I think that finding your own voice just kind of naturally comes from a place of passion, you know, it's like that, that passion and what you're into and, and your interests are what's going to create your voice, you know, it, it's, it's not even something that you really even have to kind of strategically think about or anything like that. It's just, it's, it's just kind of this natural, like once you get the skill set down through emulation, then it kind of turns into like, okay, how do I put my twist on it? How do I interject my own personality and my own, you know, feelings and everything into it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think that, that passion is how you make it your own, you know? Yeah, certainly. I mean, even with the sampling, like you said, um, I emulated Kanye. That's how I learned how to sample was when like Slow Jams yeah. came out. Like, yes, I, absolutely. You know, I sped <laughs> up the record, the Luther record, and then I chopped it up and, and figured out how to make the beat and had all the little bongos and everything just like that. And just, yeah, I was like, okay, so this is how you chop a record and everything. And then once I learned how to do it and did you know some emulation and things like that, then I started mm-hmm. to make it making my own you know 
twist on different records and stuff like that. And you can even, especially with sampling, because it's so fun, you could take a record that's been sampled ten times, and then you can, oh yeah, you know, you can flip it into your own thing or whatever, even the same parts of that record. So, you know, that's so. that's my. Fa- I'll sit on, uh, you know, the website who sampled. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'll I'll sit on there and just find songs, and then it's crazy to go through and see how many times the song has been flipped and how many different like sonic outputs it's created you know just like how many different directions like every producer could run in a different direction with it but it's still that same little like six second clip that got flipped and Mm -hmm. i think i think that's awesome i think that's super inspiring to see yeah for sure it shows that you can you know take a little six second clip that many people already touched already and then kind of make Mm -hmm. it your own so that's all it's always fun to see and i I love that site because anytime i hear something especially like when a new album comes out it's like who sampled yeah (laughs) just like yep you know but uh, yep. so that's dope about all the music. Now let's kind of uh, circle back just to, about the um, illustration and design and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Kind of walk us through like once you know you went through high school. By the time you were a yeah. senior, you you know you had like pretty much all art classes and stuff like that. What mm-hmm. what, what decision did you make as far as like what school you were going to go to, and then after that, like how did you go about getting your internships? Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So by senior year, it was pretty much all my eggs were in the like, let's get into an art school basket, <laughs> you know. Um, so I really just spent all the senior year just building up the most solid portfolio that I could. And um, I knew that I wanted to stay in Michigan just because I, I you know, really liked my friend group family was there and everything like that. I, I wasn't really trying to go out of state. Um, and so there was the College for Creative Studies in Detroit and then uh, Kendall College of Art and Design on the other side of the state in Grand Rapids. And I went to both of them and, you know, checked them out and applied and, and got into both and just kind of made the decision to go to College for Creative Studies. I think it just kind of fit what I was looking for a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um And yeah, actually, it was funny how you said that you wanted to get into animation at first when I... Uh, when I applied there, I told them that I wanted to go into 3D animation, and it was for the same reason as you. I really liked animated movies, and I was like, yo, I I like technology and I like art, and this seems like a cool way to blend those two. Um, but that quickly, I think once I got there, I realized that I liked drawing a lot more, and that mm-hmm. 3D animation didn't require as much drawing. <laughs> and so, so I made the switch over to illustration and decided to major in that. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of went, went through the first couple years, just getting kind of, you know, fundamentals and foundations of drawing and everything down. And then junior year was when I started to get interested in typography and I think that it was really just through through social media that I was starting to see this. It, I mean, obviously, you see typography all around you every day. It's mm-hmm. it's totally unavoidable. But it was seeing it curated. You know, I mean, a lot of pages like uh, type everything and good type and all that, mm-hmm. curating it all in one place sort of got me to appreciate it as, as an illustration form more than, uh, a, I guess, graphic design you know more from like a drawing aspect instead Mm -hmm. of a computer-based sort of graphic design aspect um and so yeah so junior year i started messing around with that lyrics and type book and i realized that it was something that no one else none of my peers were really getting into but they were all responding to you know everybody was like oh that's cool like you're drawing letters and words and stuff like Mm -hmm. that's super that's super different most people were were oil painting and, you know, using gouache and everything like that. And, um, and I was just kind of getting into, getting into typography. So I think that it was a little bit of, I liked that I was kind of in my own lane. Like I, I sort of found a little niche and, and liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I started doing that and it's, uh, I, I was building up my portfolio with more and more lettering and I started working at Ink Addict, uh, doing graphic T-shirts for them, and that was sort of my first experience with, you know, like a real application of this lettering. You know, like actually seeing like what it can come to life as. Um, and so that was cool. I interned for them for about six months, and then I uh, I applied. I had CCS brought through. Uh, like kind of recruiters from different companies that would come through for like job fair type of things. Yeah. And there were people that I met with from Reebok and Nike and Adidas. And, um, 
I ended up pursuing an internship with Reebok on their graphic tees team, um, which was awesome. It was an absolutely great experience. I got to go live in Boston for three months and sort of see what a giant global company like that is like Mm -hmm. and see how that differs from a very small kind of startup independent company that I was, you know, at at the time. Yeah. Um, and so that was that was a really really awesome experience. I had a great team out there, and and you know learned that a lot of my preconceived notions about working at such a big corporation were totally wrong. You know, it was uh, it was a lot more fun and a lot there was a lot more personality and just just a lot better experience than what I anticipated going to a large company like that would be like. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was great. And then I came home from that. I had my senior year of school to finish up. And actually, before senior year had even started, kind of right when I got home from Boston, um, Adidas reached out to me about coming out after graduation and working for them here in Portland uh, for a six-month internship. And so I agreed to that right off the bat. And so all of senior year, I was uh, I was able to kind of create and work knowing that I had something kind of set up at the end, um, which was super liberating uh, creatively, because I it, it kind of gave me a freedom to to kind of explore things that might not sit in you know in my they they do sit in my portfolio now and actually they're the work that I'm most proud of, but I don't think that I would have. Uh, would have taken those kind of creative risks had I not, you know, had sort of a secure thing lined up after graduation. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's really dope. Cause I mean, a lot of people, you know, they go to school and they rarely have something lined up, you know, six months out, much less after they yeah. graduate. So that's, that's <laughs> a really, that's really dope. And it seems like you did that by, you know, kind of creating your own lane and, um, you know, mm-hmm. kind of focusing more on the typography and things like that, especially with so much stuff just being digital. Um, yeah. So like, you kind of mentioned you're always kind of working on your own stuff and building your portfolio and things like that. Like, yeah. How, how important do you think it is for somebody who's, who wants to eventually land a job or a position or even freelance, you know, with bigger companies or just with dope companies in general to always be like working on their portfolio, putting the best stuff out there, building, you know, building followers on the mm-hmm. internet and all that kind of stuff. How important is that? Do you think? I think, I think that that's been, that's been super crucial um in my you know short journey so far mm-hmm. um really it's it's been you know just instagram in general has been the only place that i really other than my website it's the only place that i've really displayed my work mm-hmm. um and it has been the place where all of the freelance work that i've done everything pretty much everything that all the work that i've ever done has come through connections that I've made on Instagram or people finding my Instagram page and reaching out through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's been this incredibly powerful and important resource that, you know, is free and it just like, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. But I think that it's, it's really important, um, to, you know, to kind of curate yourself on there mm-hmm. and to be consistent with your output on there. Um, and I think that's with anything, whether it's Instagram or Behance or whatever your, your platform of choice is. Um, I think that those two things just kind of, kind of curating what you put out and making sure that you're, you know, that even, even if you get busy that like, it's still nice to kind of keep a somewhat steady stream of work going. Um, but also having some sort of an audience is almost motivation to keep putting out work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having having any sort of follower base is just kind of it's like a nice, I guess yeah, it's a nice motivation to to you know like oh like I'm thinking about this idea should I bring it to life? It's like yeah you know like put it out there and see what people think about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's it's just kind of it's it's kind of a nice motivational tool. Um, that being said, it, it is kind of easy to get caught up in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really dangerous if you start creating just for the sole purpose of sharing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and things stop coming from a place of passion. You know, if you, if you're feeling obligated to, to share things just because you think that people are watching, I don't think that that's, you know, healthy or a good way to view it. Mm -hmm. Um, you should always just be putting out things that you actually want to share 
not just putting things out there because you feel like you should be sharing, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. And it's all about finding that balance because, I mean, there's sometimes like I've been, you know, making beats. I post a lot of beat making videos and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'll just be like, I don't really feel this beat, so I'm not going to post it, you know? And it's like, yeah, a part of me is like, I should post this, I should post this. But I'm like, no, like, you know, I'm trying to put my best foot forward. I'm going to really post something that's going to be only want to post stuff that's dope. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And because no one is even going to know that you didn't post it, you know, like no one it's, I think it's important to kind of keep that, you know, keep yourself in check of like, uh, okay, like I know that this really matters to me, but like, even if I don't put this beat out today, like no one, like it's not going to make a huge difference, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not like a do or die situation where you need to post it. So only post it if it's dope and you want to share it, you know? Exactly. Yep. So I totally agree with, with that for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I was kind of browsing your site actually before I even asked you to come onto the podcast because there's like some really dope stuff that caught my eye. So like some of the thank you some of the stuff in your portfolio that you've done on, on the actual website, like the banana, mm-hmm. the bananas. How did you, <laughs> yeah, I guess explain that project and how did you come up with that? Yeah, absolutely. That's actually when I was talking about uh, the work that I made senior year and how that was the, sort of my most uh, the work that I'm the most proud of that series in particular. Um, was what I was referring to. So that was, uh, that was, I called it the temporary type series. And, uh, I guess when you talk about putting emotion and and passion into work, that was, uh, the, the most that that's ever sort of come to life for me. Um, I was, I created that senior year. That was my senior thesis, uh, my last body of work going out of college and everything during senior year of college was, was really, I really loved where I was at in life. Um, as far as, I mean, every, where I was living, the friends that I had, just every, everything was, was really, I was having a great time with it. Um, but I knew that I was, I had already accepted the job out in Portland and I was going to be leaving all that, you know, as soon as I graduated, I was going to be moving across the country and, you know, leaving all those friends, leaving where I lived, leaving pretty much everything. Um, and that freaked me out. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty scary thing to, you know, to, to deal with. And so I wanted to get used to the idea of making something that was really good and that I really loved and really, really cherished. And then having it be finite, you know, like, mm-hmm. like having something that was really great, enjoying it while it was there and then sort of coming to terms with the fact that it wasn't going to be around forever. But that doesn't mean that it couldn't be enjoyed and be and be documented, you know, while it was there. Kind of like um, a summer romance or something. <laughs> exactly. No, it was it was essentially. Yeah. And and admittedly, romance, you know, played a big part in that mm-hmm. of like, uh, you know, this is a good thing, but it's it's finite, you know, and, and how do you deal with that and how do you approach that? You know, you can you can either choose to step away from it and, you know, like not, not, you know, invest anything into it, or you can choose to enjoy it while it's there and admit when it's over and just, you know, take it for what it is in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I wanted to create a body of work that would sort of, sort of help me through that and sort of be, and it, it did, it was totally cathartic to spend so much time, on these pieces um i don't know if you saw the one that i did with the matchsticks on there yeah i've seen it um Mm -hmm. that was that was probably the most time that i'd spent on any piece till that point it it took it was just an insane amount of time that was you know invested setting up all those matchsticks and and everything like that Mm -hmm. um and to make something like that and be so proud of it and feel so accomplished and then you know burn it and literally there's nothing left like the whole the whole thing you know was gone within five minutes um, so that was, that was super cathartic to, to sort of, you know, get used to that idea of, of enjoying something and then, you know, it's not going to be around forever, but that doesn't mean you can't enjoy it while it's there. And so I wanted to see how many different ways I could flesh that idea out, you know, in, mm-hmm. in just really kind of get creative. And another part of it too was, uh, just wanting to get off the paper and explore new mediums, yeah. you know, um, and to work with dimension, you know, drawing is a very flat thing most of the time. And so it was cool to kind of get to work sculpturally and, you know, just just in different mediums and kind of, you know, like you said earlier, using your hands, it, it mm-hmm. feels good, you know. Um, so to actually like 
take a banana and like carve with a razor blade into it. Like it's, it was just kind of cool. You know, it's like, it's, it's just exploring and kind of getting a little like mad scientist with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved all the pieces, like the balloons the bananas and everything, mm-hmm. and the ice, you know, and I mean, mm-hmm. if everybody listening, y'all definitely go check out his site because I mean, it's basically like all these different time lapses of these different mm-hmm. projects that he's done. And they're, they're really dope to look at. Um, so yeah, that's that's really cool because I was I was like curious about it, and that's kind of what also made me hit you up. I was like, what was his like thought process in, in doing these projects? Yeah, you know? yeah. So it was it was totally you know it was it was absolutely just a direct reflection of stuff that I was dealing with internally, you know. And it was it was it seemed like a natural and like a really fun way to sort of externalize a lot of those feelings that were going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was something that a lot of people responded to and, and were really, you know, inspired by and stuff like that. So the fact that it resonated with people, um, that was just kind of a bonus. You know, I think that, that whenever you share something personal like that, you know, a lot of, a lot of personal feelings, people will, you know, like want to think that they're the only ones going through it, but really like everyone's going through the same shit, you know, everybody's dealt with stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of nice to put that out there and, and have people hit you up and say like, Hey, like, you know, this, I get it. Like this resonates with me. So that, um, that was super cool, you know, to be able to, to connect with people like that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I guess on, along those same lines, like how important is, is it to you to just be vulnerable in your work, to be like, okay, I created something and just put it out there in the world and just have it, you know, take a life of its own. Yeah, I think um, I think that it's it's again along with passion. I think that it's kind of essential, mm-hmm. you know. Um, at least for me, I I create with the intent of sharing and with connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, that was why I liked illustration so much, as opposed to um, not necessarily as opposed to fine art, but I was drawn more towards like illustration and working even with music with working with subjects in pop culture a lot of my a lot of my work is inspired by tv shows and movies and songs and things like that Mm -hmm. because those are things that other people connect to you know and it like there was i did a like a tattoo flash style piece of uh ron swanson from parks and rec that's what's about next actually yeah yeah and that piece literally like single-handedly got me the jobs at Reebok and Adidas like in my portfolio Mm -hmm. it was like that portrait where like I would show that and instantly the people I was interviewing with would start cracking up because it's like man they of course they watch that show like that show rules like they you know like and so it doesn't matter if it's something as as like surface level you know, as far as connection goes, like it can be connecting with people through something as simple as like a TV show character, you know, it doesn't have to be some like deep, you know, like existential questions being asked through your work. It's like, no, you can just paint a portrait of Ron Swanson and show it to someone and you connect with them instantly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, um, and it's, it's that sort of connection that I think is, is really important in what I, what I like to get out of my work, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, and even when you think talk about the connection, I mean that's kind of how we connected. Like I saw, I saw your work. Yeah. Then I went to your webpage. It's like, man, this ha- he has like a traditional tattoo piece, basically of Ron Swanson with some bacon <laughs> and a, yeah. a yeah. flag with a with a fried egg on there. You know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And yeah, exactly like that. It it it's it's a great way to connect with people by you know talking about these things that are out there in like this sort of vocabulary that everybody speaks of pop culture you know mm-hmm. um i painted a sheet of tattoo flash that was all inspired by breaking bad um and some dude found it on reddit and he lived in florida and got like all the pieces tattooed down his arm oh, wow. and it was like and now yeah we like follow each other online and we'll like keep in touch and and hit each other up and stuff and it's this it's this connection that happened because we you know both knew of this you know massively popular thing that mm-hmm. you know i decided to to create some visuals for so it's I think that you can have really deep relationships that start on very like surface level things like tv shows and you know stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah, um sure. so yeah i i think that it's it's just kind of that's why i've been drawn to sort of incorporating a lot of pop culture into my work yeah that's really dope man um so I, I saw recently you've done some really some really cool pieces for like adidas so you did the uh the field notes collaboration mm-hmm. 
And then yeah. also, I guess there was like a Calling All Creators event that you did the mm-hmm. for as well. Like, can you tell us a little bit mm-hmm. about those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so I'm working at Adidas now. I'm on the Graphic Tees team there right now doing graphic T-shirts, and that is – 90% of my days there are spent, you know, working on t-shirts and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and that's all stuff that I can't share yet because mm-hmm. we, you know, we're working on stuff for 2018 right now. So yeah, it's, sure. you know, it's, it's stuff that as it comes out, I can start to roll it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that piece in particular, that was something that the brand design team reached out to me, um, knowing that I was kind of into hand lettering and script and everything like that and asked me to do some script for this event that uh, that my coworker Joe sort of, it was like a passion project that he wanted to bring to life. Um, it was called Calling All Creators, and it was sort of like a TED Talk style mm. event where he brought together, I think it was 12 or 13 um, speakers from, they were from all over the country and all different uh, disciplines, all different backgrounds, but they were all creative in in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, there were visual artists, musicians. Uh, there was a football coach who had a super unorthodox style. It was Coach Kelly. Um, I don't know. He's he's. They've done like thirty for thirties on him and stuff like that. But he had a super unorthodox style of coaching and mm-hmm. was a massively creative dude. Um, and so yeah, so it was just kind of this this like symposium for all these creative people to come and just discuss creativity almost like what we're doing now just talk about you know what inspires them and what their process is like and and really sort of whatever they wanted to share mm-hmm. um and so yeah so i was asked to uh to create some script for it and that ended up on the field notes which was awesome i've been a fan of of field notes and of draplin's work for a while mm-hmm. and so having the chance to actually have a bunch printed up and they were distributed all over the world to, uh, to all the designers at Adidas worldwide. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was, that was cool just to, you know, it's always cool to kind of see your work travel out that far. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, and then I did the poster for it as well. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was a cool little piece that was done and came to life instantly. And so I could share it right away. So that was super nice to be able to, uh, to get a little bit of Adidas work out there, but uh, but yeah, that was that was a super cool project. Yeah, it's really dope. I, I know how the uh, whole like working stuff, working on stuff mm-hmm. years in advance. Because like my my girlfriend, she's a graphic designer. She designs gift cards and you know stuff like in Walmart oh, yeah. and CVS, and it's like she's working yep. on stuff for you know two years out right now. So yep. definitely familiar with that process. Um, kind of on the yeah. flip side of just like creativity and the job at Adidas and your internship at, at Reebok and yeah. everything like that. Um, as an artist and when you're doing that for your job, like what, how do you handle criticism? Like when, you know, a boss is like, or a manager is like, you know, I'm not really uh-huh. liking the direction you're going. How, yeah. how do you handle that? And, and how do you, you know, get, create the product that, you know, whoever's wants it wants. Sure. Yeah. I think that first of all, going to school for it really helps because you get critiqued a lot in school and Mm -hmm. so you learn to sort of at least in uh especially in illustration um where it's more of a commercial approach to artwork as opposed to fine art where it's more of a personal approach Mm -hmm. um you get used to having somebody other than yourself to satisfy you know which i think that it's it's really important to realize that you can have your own ideas and thoughts on it but at the end of the day somebody is requesting you you're you're being asked to solve a problem and um you know there's always especially working in the in the corporate world there's always back and forth between marketing and design you know as far as they have their point of view and you have your point of view and it's really it's like anything else when you're collaborating with people it's it's going to be a compromise um you know so sometimes you hit the nail on the head the first time and your first little thumbnail ends up on the t-shirt and it's perfect and other times you have to sit there and flesh out a hundred different directions before they decide that they've liked your second one, you know? Um, (laughs) and, and so I think that it's just, it's almost just being realistic about what your work is doing. And I think that it's important to be passionate about your work, but also to be able to separate yourself from it a little bit. Um, you know, enough to be efficient with your work, you know, enough so that you're not stubborn about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely been a, been a learning process for me. Thankfully I've got an amazing team of illustrators that I work alongside and an amazing manager and really everybody that I work with 
is is great as far as communicating and just you know understanding each other on on a creative level and on a you know we're a business level this is what we need to do um so really i think that i think that in a corporate setting or in any sort of commercial setting it's it's really the communication that is going to make those critiques and those reviews either go smoothly or be you know like a source of conflict mm-hmm. um but yeah, I think that as long as as long as you have a realistic understanding of what it is that you're trying to accomplish, that there's no reason to really get too upset, you know, when someone asks you to change something. Yeah, for sure. Because like you said, when you're when you're collaborating, there's going to be a compromise because everybody does have their different point of views. Um, yeah. You know, depending on the project and who you're working with and everything like that. Uh, yeah. So like I'm a I'm a huge huge fan of like hustling and you pretty much touched on it a lot you know you're saying you were working on your own portfolio your own projects yourself and that's what kind of landed you you know your internship and your job and things like that so what mm-hmm. is kind of like your definition of hustling like now that you have you're at Adidas and you know you're getting settled in your career and everything you're still doing your own stuff I see you know when you're posting the stuff mm-hmm. so what's kind of like your definition of hustling definition of hustling um man I don't know I it's always been, it's, it's never come from a, like a utilitarian standpoint for me. It's never been like a, I better hustle so I can do this. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's always been, I think that there's just like, I, I have so much desire to create and to put stuff out there. I've always, um, I've always just wanted to make as much stuff as possible while I have the opportunity to, mm-hmm. you know, I think that I, that's just what I know I need to do from a very personal, you know, standpoint. Um, and so, yeah, to me, <laughs> it's funny. I remember I, uh, it was something that Kanye tweeted a while ago, but he, he said something like, please, please do everything that you possibly can in one lifetime or like make everything that you possibly can. And I was like, yes, dude. And, it was, you know, not that that inspired me, but it it just resonated with me. Like it, it echoed back that idea that I had of just like, man, just you're here and, you know, like you're alive. Like take that opportunity and make as much as you can, you know, leave some, just put stuff out into the world, you know. Um, and so I guess I guess more from a professional standpoint, though. Now that I have sort of settled into somewhat of a, you know, like starting a career and everything like that and, and settled into, you know, somewhat of a steady job, mm-hmm. um, like now for the first time in a while, me and some other people at Adidas are, uh, we're putting on a gallery show um, in a couple months in July in Portland. Mm-hmm. And that's what all those, uh, the portraits that I'm doing of the rappers with the flowers and everything like that, that's all a series, uh, that I'm doing for that gallery show. Yeah. Uh, um, so I think that, I think that it's almost like as soon as you become settled or comfortable, or as soon as you achieve something, it's sort of like setting a new goal for yourself and wanting to do it. You know, up mm-hmm. until then I was, I was focused on creating, as much like commercial work as I could, you know, mm-hmm. and then that sort of served as a means to an end to, you know, I wound up with this commercial job, which is awesome. And now it's like, okay, cool. So now I want to pursue some things that don't necessarily like have commercial aspirations. Like it's just stuff that I want to do for me and my buddies doing a gallery show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's always like, you know, take a minute, reflect and like realize that you've accomplished what you wanted to and then sort of start looking for the next thing that you want to do. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's just goal setting and reaching and doing it again, you know, <laughs> yeah. as much as you can while you're here. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you uh, kind of hit the nail on the head because I, I kind of think the same way as well. It's like when people are like, oh, man, like you're hustling, you're doing this, you're doing that. It's not really I don't really look at it as like hustling. It's more of like I'm. I have the opportunity to create and I'm not always going to have this opportunity. So I'm trying to create exactly as much as I can, you know? And then Mm -hmm. even like you said, it's like you reach, you reach a goal. And I do think it's important, like you said as well to reflect on that because like I've had some successes in the past. I didn't really take the time to reflect on it and just, and kind of, you know, just be like, dang, like I worked really hard. I worked years on this, like, years yeah. sometimes, <laughs> even a decade on some stuff you know and yeah, then, yeah. You know, so you got to really appreciate that but then you can't all you can't get complacent and exactly you know so you do set new goals you you do reach a little higher even if it's something like for yourself a passion project or whatever um mm-hmm. like i got a whole pretty much a whole album sitting on my 
hard drive. I listen to <laughs> and it. And I want to hear it. <laughs> I want to hear it. I'm a, I'm a huge fan, by the way, of, of the beats and all the shit that you've been making. Like, I, I it, man. legitimately, yeah, dude, yeah, absolutely, absolutely killing it with everything that I've heard from you. I definitely appreciate that for sure. So, I mean, I definitely, mm-hmm. I, I think, I just feel, like, I guess, um, to close up, what you said about um, being passionate about your work and things like that. And, and everybody I've talked to so far in this podcast, like I can see their passion um, in their work and I can see that in yours as well. And I think that's what I'm kind of attracted to because even the mm-hmm. people I follow on Instagram, like I don't really follow a ton of people because when I scroll my Instagram, I just want to be inspired. Like I just want to, exactly. Nothing but dope stuff. Like, exactly. Yep. So, you know, that's what kind of draw me to your work and everything as well. But yeah, man, I well, think that you. was, that was a great, um, what you said just about just putting out as much as you can while you have mm-hmm. the opportunity because you won't always have that opportunity. So, you know, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I definitely appreciate it. And, um, let everybody know Absolutely, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Let everybody who's listening know where they can find you, you know, your website and your Instagram and everything. Yeah, for sure. So I am on Instagram as 6B Artwork, uh, just the number six, letter B, Artwork. Um, my website is the same thing, just 6BArtwork.com. And, uh, yeah, aside from that, that's really the only presence that I have online. So uh, you can you can check out all my latest work there. I've actually got to uh, refresh the, the website right now with some more current work. So everything that's up to date is, uh, is on the Instagram at 6bartwork.com or at 6bartwork rather. Very um, dope. Very dope. Yeah. Yep. I, I recommend everybody go check out his work. It's, it's really dope. And I, I enjoy seeing it on, on my feed every day. So Brandon, I appreciate well, you, you coming on and uh, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Have a good one, man. So there you have it. That was episode four of the Creative Masters podcast featuring Brandon Bottleman, a.k.a. 6B Artwork. I highly recommend you guys follow him on Instagram. Check out his work. He has some dope stuff that I enjoy seeing on my feed every day, and I know you will as well. Please help spread the word about the podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or follow us on SoundCloud. Leave a review, rank us, share it on Instagram, Twitter everywhere it would be a huge huge help and we definitely appreciate that you can follow the instagram at creative masters podcast also creativemasterspodcast.com is the website if you want to follow me i'm at nobody famous on instagram and twitter and nobody famous 28 on snapchat don't forget to follow machine masters very dope community for music production join if you're into music production machine masters at machine masters on instagram and twitter and machinemasters.com until next week we definitely appreciate the support we've been getting a ton of good feedback about the podcast so thank you guys for listening until next time this is reggie aka nobody famous peace